Um, yeah, to this episode of Full Send, uh, brought to you by whatever rate that is, or all the cloudiness, we're going to talk about a couple of different styles of management and pros and cons and or the good side or the bad side or whatever you want to call it. The, the good and bad and the ugly on, on different management styles. So... What's up, guys? This is Juan. This is Kiefer. Juan and Kiefer. Juan and Kiefer? We have one, and we have Keith. But like I said in the intro, what are we going to be talking about, Kiefer? See if you paid attention. We are going to be talking about different types of management and leadership styles and some of the pros and cons of each. Because I know there's a lot of different ways to manage people and to be a leader. Some of that's like... uh, you know, you have your dictators. Then you have those that prefer democracy. And then you have those that your put... visionaries, and then you got your... Oh, and then you got your ugly ones. Uh, or not ugly. I mean, it just all depends on who you're managing, what, what group of people you're managing, because you got your servant, your transactional... Oh, uh, fuck. All the different styles. But, no, um... Yeah, I guess the biggest thing would just be depending on a group or what are your thoughts? Depending on the group of people you're managing, it would. I'm not going to say dictate. So uh, the style of management you're you're doing, but I know for me, me personally, I'm one of those. I tell my team what they 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 their their goals, right? And yeah, fucking I, dictator. I tell them their goals and I expect them to get that done. If they need help, I am a resource to be used. I am doing my things. I expect you to do your things. But if you need help, by all means, let me know. If it's something new, I will walk you through it time and time again if you need it. And once you got it, I expect you to do it. Um, Sounds harsh, but I'm really, it's really not like, it's not the dictator mentality. It's more of a Joe Biden. I don't even know how to take that, dude. Um, more of, uh, I don't want to say like automated, like I, I expect things to be, you automatically know how to do things because there's a learning process to everything. We change the way we do things. We change the workflows depending on uh, new equipment or new software or new whatever new publishing yeah. workflow but at that same time with my team there's constant new things we're doing so there's always that 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 back and forth of hey how do i do this or hey what are your thoughts on this so it's not exactly like a hey we need this video i expect you to do everything involved with it but this is your project manage this project if you need me let me know where you need me if you have questions, please ask. But I don't like holding hand, like holding my my team's hand through every. Does he step hold of your hand, Will? Okay. 
But I don't interlock fingers, okay? That that's without eye contact. No, no, with if I, if I'm gonna interlock fingers, I'm so gonna make awkward eye contact. It's gonna be weird, like Austin weird. Yeah, that was not weird. San Francisco way, but like not San Francisco weird. <laughs> That's a totally different kind of weird. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Um, I mean, there's, like I said, we've all worked for great leaders. We've all worked for bad leaders. And sometimes the bad leaders, they don't know that they're a bad leader. And it goes back to like in one of our previous episodes, it goes back to communication. You can't fix what you don't know. Um, every good leader has already decided that they wanted to become a good leader and are willing to do the work to get there. Um, without that foundation, I mean, no amount of training will is going to create that create a good leader. Um, no, you have to have the desire and the want yeah. and the willpower to be a good leader. Yeah. Um, and being able to work for a great leader, if you've never worked for a great leader, is awesome. Um, because they they take you underneath their wing, they they build you, they give you all the necessary tools to build yourself up to get to that next level. Um, I personally would like to say that that's something that I, I do with my team is that I try to provide all the tools necessary and give them everything that they need to get to that next level in their careers, whether that's here or that's moving on to a different company. Uh, when I was in sales, um, a lot of them will look at it as bad, but I lost all my sales team. Yes, that sounds bad, but they all went to go work. They were the uh, parts manager for RV Funtown or whatever the hell that place is called. They were over purchasing for a trailer manufacturer. They were um, they were in purchasing. Yeah, two of them went for purchasing and trailer manufacturers. Another one went to the manager for a parts department for an RV company. Um, and the other one went to another purchasing company and, or uh, for sales. So it is, you train them to be able to grow their careers. Um, yeah, the beauty of it is would be if they could stay here, but like anything, you got to explore your opportunities and see where, um, all these adventures take you. There's a, um, the Virgin mobile or the Virgin airline guy, uh, Bron Bronson, uh, Ross Bronson or whatever his name is, he has a quote that says, equip or teach your team good enough to leave or th where they can take their skills elsewhere, but treat them good enough that they stay. Yeah. And I, I totally butchered that. I, that's a horrible paraphrasing of it. Um, but I think that defines a good leader. Because if you're going to teach them, I would rather surround myself with people that are better than me. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That way, when we do have a project, it's, hey, and, knock this out. Dude, I can do that. And I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to interrupt you right, real quick. A lot of times, bad leaders are intimidated by somebody who knows something that is better at a field than what they are. They would rather have people surrounding themselves with people who are incompetent and don't know what the hell they're doing than with Pete surrounding themselves with people who know what they specialize in that field. They specialize for that project or in sales or in operations or in purchasing or in media or whatever field it is. And like you said just now, you, you surround yourself with 
people who are great at that at that field or masters of it because at the end of the day all that's doing is building your division your company or your department up which makes your company your department look good and you look good and everybody's learning from it and um, it, it, it it adds strength to your team because that person can mentor that person yeah. can share that skill set even if like i like I have a graphic designer slash photographer, and then I have a videographer. If that videographer can teach some of those skills to the photographer, well, then I have two people that can run a camera. If that graphic designer can teach some illustrator or some Photoshop tips to that videographer, well, then my whole team becomes more dynamic. Where if you have a guy that strictly is uh, purchasing, and that's all he does. But he shares some of that knowledge with the guy that actually stocks the inventory and they can swap some skills and work together. That becomes more seamless, right? The inventory and purchasing. So the inventory guy may never actually purchase anything, but has an understanding of how that works, when it needs to be purchased. That kind yeah. of, and it's, hey, Brandon, we need this. Or, hey, Jimmy, I noticed this. And it becomes a cohesive unit you get out of that, like our previous episode, that that island mentality, and you're sharing skills, you're sharing workflows, you're sharing your responsibilities and teaching others how to do it. And it makes that whole division grow stronger because they're relying on each other and helping each other and becoming like almost interlocked to where everybody can do eyes. anything. Oh. But yeah. Right? So yeah, that, that's my thought on that. Um, but so we actually have, um, what are some of the best types of leadership across the board that? Uh, so I mean, you got your visionary, which I mean, being a visionary, as, uh, being that style of manager or leader, I mean. They communicate the purpose and the direction. Yeah. And their team takes it and goes with it. Yeah. Then you got your, which is close to what I kind of explained earlier. Yeah. Then you got your democratic management style. I mean, the majority rules, um, black and white, which isn't a horrible thing. But if you have, um, you know, uh, I think in a HubSpot article uh, that 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 we were reading earlier, they they put democratic as like one of the best uh, management styles, but that's. If you have like employee owned company or you have the board of directors that you have to go to and you, they have to help make decisions, but that, I don't think that works for every single, um, company. I know with EOS, the way we implement things, we have our leadership team. So you, Caitlin and Lacey and Tyler, y'all come up with the company rocks, right? What, what is the overall company goals? And then y'all each take, y'all come up with on your own, your own personal rocks that help with that goal. And then you bring it to us in our departments. So Lacey brings me mine, it's, or the, the, the department goals that she's working on. And then we come up with ways to help with that. If we were just free, willy-nilly coming up with things that we wanted to do without a direction, and it was a democratic, all right, we're all going to vote. We would we would tank the ship really quick. 
So I don't think that's a really great way unless like for higher up management in humongous companies, I think that's great. Um, but I don't think democratic would be a way to go. But then also on this list, there's the transform transformational. Uh, so transformational managers are innovators. They usually believe change and growth is the only way to stay ahead of the curve. So they push their employees past their comfort zone, making them realize they're more capable than they originally thought, which there's nothing wrong with that because. So I'm not saying Caitlin, is a, uh, this is a Caitlin style of management, um, but she, when I was in sales, I limited myself to what I would sell. I limited myself to a certain amount of dollar dollar value each week, and that was it. I kept my own self. And she pushed me to go farther, go past my limits or past my boundaries that I set on my own. And that's when I really started moving up the ranks, which if you'd call that, but going up the ladder to where I'm now is because she pushed me past my comfort zone, pushed me away from my, um, my safe zone, my safe place. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a really good thing is especially in like the creative fields that I'm more accustomed to. This is one of those that really helps and really is key to managing creatives because yeah, you have a 30 second video that you have to produce and yes, it's, you need this, this, and this, and this in it. These are our, these are our requirements. It needs to be this long with this amount of shots and these things highlighted. But how do we push past that? How do we get past that? Um, how do you transform from this is just a project to holy crap, that's amazing. Um, and that kind of goes into the next one on the list, which is the the coaching management style, which just like it says, you know, your sports coach. Yeah. The one that coaches and trains and mentors and and builds up the individual to be better, a better part of that team, which we can all look back in our childhood and any kind of sporting or um, team sports that we team. Uh, Other than one act play. What is that? I said, I was, I wasn't in sports. I was in one act play. No, I'm playing. I was a, uh, I was in marching band. So yeah. One I'm time in band camp. Yeah. I've been to band camp multiple times. But <clears throat> very, very simplistic style of leadership. You coach them and get them to where they need to be. Yeah. And hopefully you can coach them beyond where they need to be. Um, and then they don't become as dependent. You know, it's you unite your team and you get that professional growth, both for that coach should be learning just as much as that team member is learning. So your leader and your employee grow at the same time because they're learning about uh, the, the employee and learning how to manage that employee because each person is different and they need, sometimes you have to modify your management style to a, to a little bit of a point to be able to function with different types of personalities. So I think that's kind of um, the, the top four yeah. that a lot of people deal with. And then we have, uh, we're going to highlight four of them that uh, you may want to be careful with. Yeah. Um, autocratic, I think I said that right. Uh, let's see, according to this, uh, that management style is the most top-down approach to management employees at the top of the hierarchy hold all the power, making decisions without collaborating or forming their 
subordinates. Um, Which, unfortunately, is what you see a lot of the time in, like, the big box stores, yeah, the retail say, stores. In your, in your bigger um, your big bigger companies, you start seeing a lot of that. You start seeing, and it's not really that it's the, the management style for that leader, but it's the mentality for the company. Yeah, and that's when your employees are just numbers. You know, you have yeah. 5,000 stores, and you work at, you know— store number 1582 and you're employee you know, 3798. Yeah. And, and there's no personality, there's no connection, there's no growth unless, unless you achieve some big, you know, goal or you go above and beyond for 10 years, you might get recognized as an actual person. Um, then you have servant style leadership, which I don't exactly see why that is such a negative thing, but in certain aspects, yes. I can see why they're saying it, it's a bad thing. Um, because at, at the end of the day, in, in, in any company, you got to put your personal life aside from your business life, uh, your professional life. Um, so I'm not saying to not put people first, but in task second. But when you put your employees' life and well-being over tasks yeah. and production and you, goals. You have to keep that needle moving forward in order for the business to be successful, in order for the business to grow, to reach that next level. Um, you have to be able to look past your employees. Um, and that sounds bad, but you have to see what's going to work best in in the long run for the company. Um, yeah. And you have to be able to separate personal from business yeah. and know that, yeah, you have a relationship with this person and they've become a part of your daily life for 10 years. But th if there's something that needs to be done for the health and wealth and growth of the business, you've got to have that separation. That's where servant leadership fails is because you get so embedded and ingrained in taking care of your employees on a personal level with their level yeah. with their wishes and wants that on the flip side of that, the business's goals, the business's wealth, the business's function, it starts to derail and you become, a, you know, be, a people person instead of a business person. It's like that, uh, in construction where if you're off by, let's just say a half inch here or a quarter of an inch here at the it start, puts you down a three quarters of an inch down there. Yeah. And you know, by the time you get to the end of the, uh, of the damn board, you're off by three inches. Um, so that's a bigger gap. And that's what you don't want in anything is to create that division or create that gap between teams, between leaders, between management and, um, their workers or their subordinates or their whatever you want to call them. But, you want to avoid that gap or creating that gap. And unfortunately being a, a, that style of management creates a lot of that. And in a perfect world, this next laissez faire management style would be perfect. It would be the best thing in the world. If we'd lived in a perfect world where everybody did what they had to do when they had to do it and why yeah. they had to do it. But the laissez faire is you are hands off. You give your tasks and you're just like, all right, if that happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's their responsibility. They have to get it done or they face the consequences or they get the pat on the back and the attaboy, which I can see like in the oil field. When I worked offshore, 
that's the kind of management style they had. It's either you get it done or you don't. And if you don't, you're gone. But here you go. No help. No I'll hands replace on. you tomorrow if you can't get this shit done today. Yeah, really. I mean, that's that's pretty much what that is. It's a hands off, you know, that this is your responsibility. I wash my hands of it. Deal with it. Which is a horrible way because there's no, for one, that's the island mentality. Yeah. That's your stuff, not mine. You know, yeah, you're my employee, but this is your job. I'm not touching it. No, well, there's, definitely. there's no training. There's no growth. There's no um, teamwork. So, but, and the last one is transactional management style, which is, hey, if you get your job done, I'll pay you extra. Hey, here's a task. If you get this done, you get this. You know, we see all the TikToks about, uh, hey, you went above and beyond this week. We're throwing a pizza party for you. Or, you know, the, the incentivizing. But I feel that's what the schools teach, though. If you do this, you get this. That, yeah, no. <laughs> yes. Hey, you read this book, you get this uh, coupon for pizza for one free pizza. Or you get this. And, which, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with it. You're, you're trying to get your kids to reach goals. and like. But I said, there's, there's also a point of it that you have a responsibility that you are contractually obligated to fulfill without extra incentives. Yeah. If you're, if, if, if I'm a, if I'm working for a creative agency and they say, Hey, you are here to build three websites a month. Okay, cool. I am here to build three websites a month. And then it gets to the point where I'm like, Hey, I can finish this faster. If you give me an extra hundred bucks. And then it's, Hey, for me to do my job properly and on time, you know, you need to give me this. And it becomes, a transactional reward-based system to incentivize to do your and job that you signed up for in so, the first place. And I agree with it. And now this is not commission sales or yeah, anything no, no, no. like that. But sometimes you you have to, <clears throat> like let's say it's the fourth quarter, fourth down, five seconds left on a goddamn playbook or on the play. If y'all get a touchdown right now, you get an extra. $1.5 million bonus. Yeah. But that's an impossible task to get to. So that, that kind of thing. Yes. If, if we're at the end of the month and we have double what they can do in a day in the sales room and it's like they have 500 grand to go in a day and there's only two guys down there. Absolutely. Incentivize the crap out of them. Yeah. But if we're halfway through the month and we've hit our goal and it's a Friday and it's like, hey, whoever gets here first gets the extra whatever. Why? I mean, yes, if I was on the receiving end of that, heck yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, but, no, most definitely. But when that becomes like your 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 packaging guys, if they have their uh, twenty five, and the thing is, if the the flip side of that is, if you start small or if you start big, you can never go down. Yeah, you can uh, only go up. So let's just say. If you tell them you're incentivized as a hundred bucks, get two hundred orders out this today, and next week it's hey get three hundred orders out and you get extra twenty five bucks. <laughs> I'm not like, doing that. Fuck that. Last <laughs> week you gave me a hundred bucks. So if you're going to incentivize, start small. Incentivize strategically. Go small. Start small and work your way up. You know, maybe a pizza party with one large pizza between eighteen guys. A thirty pack, a beer, twenty five dollar fuel card. $25 gift card at lunch. An afternoon with Juan. Yeah, no. Um, Starting the bidding at $5. Yeah, no. Uh, so what was that, like 50 bucks? 
I mean, 20 bucks is 20 bucks today. Yeah, no, I'm going to need a lot more. My bills are more than 20 bucks, so. <laughs> no, but, and, and there's pros and cons to each one of these management styles. Yeah. Just overall, like the first four we had talked about are the most successful. There's probably companies out there that do the servant leadership and they do it wonderfully, right? Uh, that's actually a really typical model for creatives. Because for them to be in the right headspace, they've got to be taken care of and so on and so forth. I don't manage my creatives that way. But I know an agency I worked at about 12 years ago, that's how they did it. Um, and it was glorious to be an employee in that system. I would not want to be a manager in that system at all. But then you have the really good ones, like the dem democratic way of leading, where you bring it to a vote and you make decisions together. Goddamn lefties. Um, oh, not that kind of Democrat. No, 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 no. Okay. This democratic as in dem oh. democratic Republic. Um, so there's, there's, there's take all this with a grain of salt because there's different situations for each one of these and pros and cons. And there's plenty of, of, uh, books out there you can read to build your knowledge, build your, build your, uh, fuck my mind went blank, but yeah, plenty of books you can read to expand your, your mindset. Um, one of the books that helped Juan a lot during that time of jumping from capping himself to not is uh, 10X, 10X rules or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the 10X rule, uh, Grant Cardone, great book. Um, really questions your mindset of, especially if you're in sales, that's a book I'd really recommend reading. Um, if, you're in, if you're an entrepreneur, that's a book that I would really recommend reading because it, it opens your eyes to... You know, at the end of the day, you're the one limiting yourself to what yep. the hell you can do. And your biggest enemy is your own self. Um, is nobody's holding you back other than yourself. The person that you look at in the mirror is your biggest enemy. And if you're and 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 do take this um if you fall into one of these leadership styles, don't like don't don't think that you can't change that either. No. You know, because we open this up with that little synopsis of you've got to choose to be a good leader. Nobody knows how to lead naturally. We all no. learn it from whoever we've been un, like been mentored by or been led by. And then we have to take our own flavor on that and kind of, kind of create our own way. So if you fall into one of these categories that are notoriously bad leadership styles, make it work for yourself. Maybe add in something from one of the other styles that we talked about. Um, so you got, like I was saying, you got plenty of books you can read. You got. Oh, he's opening up Audible. Let's go. Let's see. How to be a great boss. Uh, good to great. Uh, th th your next five moves is a good book by Patrick Bett. Um, the Way of the Wolf by Jordan. Uh, if you're in sales manager, sales manager's got a greatness by Kevin Davis. Uh, the 10X rule book. Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, da, 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 let's see. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I've read a few of those. That you Never Split off. the Difference by Chris Voss. I mean, there, there's different ones you can read depending on what you're trying to pinpoint or trying to grow on. Um, it, it's just different. I mean, I got Operations Management for Dummies. Ain't like the, the Yellow and Black yeah. book? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it has different. Then I got the champion's mindset, objection, um, hustle harder, hustle smarter by 
uh, 50 Cent, the rapper, Curtis Jackson. I mean, it's a great book. Um, if you're not first, you're last. That's another one by Grant Cardone. I mean, there's different books you can read to um, to grow yourself, grow your team, and to improve your leadership style. Um, you can take bits and pieces from each one into developing the leader the leader that you want to be, the leader that you never had and that you wish you had uh, moving up in, in your career. And that's, you know, you can take snip, snippets from each one and become that leader. And that's, that's, that's the point of leading is to learn how to grow. Yeah. Cause just cause you're leading doesn't mean you're done. Oh no, by no means. And that's, that's where a lot those of people, books come in handy. A lot of people get, have that mentality. Well, I'm already in a, I'm, I'm the VP of operation. I ain't got to do shit no more. I'm going to kick my feet up on on my desk and just not do shit. Me, I get imposter syndrome a lot. I'm like, I'm, I've, I've been the creative director for years, and now I've got a team underneath me that's helping me carry out the vision of that department. And I'm still like, what the heck am I doing? I don't know how to do this. But then at the same time, I'm trying to better myself as a leader, as yeah. as, as a manager of this department and getting things done in a way that, it's functional. And with any style of leadership, the biggest key thing is communication. Being able to communicate with your team, being able to communicate with your leadership team, being able to communicate with the owner or with your subordinates or those below you or whatever you want to call them. It's being able to have an open communication where you can talk freely without. And one of ours is transparency for our core values, but Transparency is not being a dick. We should really do an episode on each one of those core values. Yeah. Transparency is not being a dick. Transparency is not being an asshole. It's being straightforward, respectfully, and getting your point across without uh, being rude in the fact of, you know, using foul language or belittling or bullying anybody and to try to gain your point across. Because at the end of the day, just if you're in a management position and you're in, and you're that kind of manager manager where you're just the bully, you're never going to get shit done. Nobody's ever going to respect you. No, Nobody, you're going to destroy the company yeah. because the work atmosphere and the environment that is built, that culture is toxic. Yeah. Being in, in a workplace where there's bullying, if you're in there, I'm sorry, but that that's, that's hopefully that's not happening here. And I don't think it is, but, um, yeah, that, that working in that style of environments. I've been there before at different companies, and it sucks. Yeah. So to recap, there are different styles of leadership. Yeah. There are some pros and cons to each. Some oh, are yeah. notoriously worse than others for the majority of people. But if you fall in one of those groups, just examine yourself and how you lead and see if it works. And if it's working, cool. If not, you have some other styles to choose from. Yeah, read books, grow your knowledge. But in other words, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.